Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Kelly Louth. She's the CEO and president of MindSpark, a nonprofit dedicated to transforming education through direct intersection with industry. She's also the CEO of Courageon, an ed tech company built to expand workforce literacy for all students. Prior to MindSpark, Kelly and a team opened up one of the first K-8 public STEM schools in the country in 2009 and has expanded this model across the country with over 750 industry and community partnerships. Her passion is increasing diversity and gender equity in STEM. Kelly has presented her work and learning models nationally and internationally, including on the TED stage. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So I'm really interested in your, um, you know, you're in the tech industry and you're a woman and that's, you know, my background. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I reached out to you. You know, I've spent 30 years in tech and it's very difficult as a woman to be successful, but you've only, you've taken that and not only made your career out of it, but you started your own several companies and you started a STEM school you know, tell me where that passion comes from and, and, you know, what kept you going down, you know, this path of starting this organization? Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, it started pretty early on when I went to college, I was really gung-ho about jumping into industry and uh, really jumped kind of two feet into biochemical engineering to do some really intentional research in the cancer space. And when I got there, I saw that there was just not a lot of women in that space. And it wasn't a very diverse field and just felt very unsupported in that career path and very unprepared um, for how to navigate through that. And so interestingly, I'd spent some time in college just helping with some summer camps. They were math and science camps at the time, helping girls connect to those content areas. And I just fell in love with helping them explore that content and get excited about the future and see themselves in the future and really became clear to me that they needed mentorship because I didn't have that Um, And so that's when I decided that I could take my passion for science and tech and math and really apply it into the world of education and try to make a difference so that more girls didn't feel like me and that they could actually stay in the professions that they loved longer. That's fantastic. So in these schools, are are they strict? Are they all women, all girls in your K through eight? They actually are not, um, but I am really proud to say that we have really turned around the paradigm of having more boys in STEM than girls. And so when you visit one of our schools, you see ample amount of females in computer science classes, engineering classes. Um, we have a number of students that are you know, typically underrepresented in STEM that are um, taking really high level math courses and science courses and getting complete mentorship and wraparound services for their success. So we really try to take this kind of old paradigm and model and turn it on its head um, and show people what's possible within all the constraints of a public school system. That's great. How do, how do you, I'm guessing that maybe from a young girl's perspective, they don't see 
you know, that there's limits, right? They're not seeing those limits, but in your running the school and partnering with other organizations and what you do, do you find, have you found any consistency of themes where um, there are restrictions or limitations on the girls in your school to get to the next level? Absolutely. So you nailed it. So when they're young, I mean, we believe we can be anything that we want to be. And we see girls and, and boys as well, but we see girls, especially by, you know, second, third, fourth grade saying things like, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at science. I don't, I can't do that project. I can't be part of that. Um, and so early on career literacy for us is essential. We start that at age five with them intersecting with women and um, you know, industry partners and experts that look like them come from similar backgrounds, have similar stories, because I think that as I work through the system in K-12, my students graduate excited. They actually, 84% of them believe that they can go into a STEM field. Um, and the biggest barrier for them to get there is actually the employers. So not having the right programs or the right recruitment tactics or not having a healthy and diverse pipeline themselves or not having supportive HR practices. It's probably the biggest barrier that I see for that next step beyond K-12. But I think having girls, especially in the K-12 system with really robust career literacy is the answer to being able for them to not feel like they can't do whatever they want to pursue. How do you, how do you, do you maintain contact with a lot of the girls or do they, some of them come back and, and are mentors to the newer mm -hmm. students? Yeah, absolutely. So we we track our kiddos to just see where they choose to go for post-secondary and what their options are, um, as well as, yeah, they that's part of, you know, the community that we build is that you need to give back and, and support the community that you came from. And so even though a lot of them go on to do these amazing things, we do ask that they come back and speak to younger girls, come back and share their experience, share their difficulties, you know, practice those interview skills, practice those interpersonal skills. Um, in a safe space where they, you know, again, can feel connected to each other. That's great. I love that. Um, when you find with your partnerships, when there's uh, when there's feedback from some of those girls of the obstacles, do you provide that guidance and advice back to, or, you know, make recommendations back to those organizations? Yeah, I would say that's one of the number one pieces is that you can't just, it can't be one way sort of upskilling, right? We can't just upskill our kiddos and our students, we also have to work with industry partners hand in hand to say, here's the type of questions that you want to ask to engage girls, right? You don't want to assume that, <clears throat> excuse me, every summer, everyone's summer is full of like, you know, I always say pools and popsicles and, you know, that they have a really cheerful home life and that they're traveling across the country with their parents. That's not the case for most of the families that we work with. And so asking them questions like, you know, what are you most excited about the summer when they're probably taking care of siblings and trying to work a couple of jobs isn't really how you engage them. So start asking them about their skill sets, start asking them about their knowledge base, start asking them about what, you know, their passions and strengths are and what they love to do. Um, it just, you know, just some simple tweaks to how adults and industry can interact, especially with girls, is really, it makes the biggest difference in the world. And that's ultimately the goal, right, is that these young women can walk away and their experience gap is less and that they have a powerful network to lean into when they're looking for that next opportunity. That's so great. So one of the things I had in my career was the lack of mentors. There just weren't enough mentors or resources to get the help. And, you know, as you know, you, you know, there's a room full of 20 people, there might be two women. And, you know, instead of leaning on each other, you know, 
we're we're trying to over talk each other to make sure that everybody you know i'm the one that's being noticed notice me not her you know that kind of stuff and it's unfortunate but that's the reality of of being in tech when you're a woman absolutely yeah i mean there's definitely that competitive piece and so you know that's a balance with young girls especially to teach them to have their voice and to have a competitive edge but not you know necessarily be somebody who's going to tear down someone else to get there and so Again, just a lot of work on those interpersonal skills, those collaborative skills um, is really, really important. And it does matter. You have to explicitly teach them and model them. That's great. So tell me about yourself. What do you do? You know, you're running this company, two companies. Um, what do you do to maintain balance in your life and maintain a good mental health? So, so you can be a mentor to others. <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides, you know, once in a while, some probably trashy TV and binge watching <laughs> mindless shows. Um, I think staying active. I mean, I live lucky enough to live in Colorado. So getting out and nature, walking and doing a lot of reading and um, recently have taken up some more executive coaching in terms of just connecting with peers. And you just forget how important that is. And I think as CEOs, oftentimes we think we can do everything or we should do everything alone. And so it's been really helpful this year for me to find some peer networks to just lean into and, you know, bounce ideas off of and share some struggles and challenges. And it's grown me professionally quite a bit. So those are some pieces. And I have three crazy teenagers, so they keep me very grounded and remind me, um, you know, of what's relevant these days. So that's that's how I get by. Yeah. And keeping keeping uh, teens your own teen's mental health is another right balance, which is because I have two teen boys as well. And uh, making sure, especially in the last three years with everything that's mm -hmm. going on, making sure the, their mental health is good. You know, I literally ask my kids all the time. It's like, how's your mental health? Is it good? Are you doing, yeah, are you doing well? <laughs> yeah, I think it's absolutely vital. I mean, just checking in and having those candid conversations and, you know, they, they deal with so much. And I, you know, I think every generation says that, but I think there is so much that they have to process through. And um, yeah, I think those check-ins are so crucial. So, sure. So, so how did you, you know, you, you started a school and you started two companies. How did you, what are some of the things that you had to overcome, like that you had to learn? Because I'm sure it was all new to you. And so where did that drive come from? To, to just be like, I know nothing about starting a STEM school, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it anyway. Where's that motivation come from? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just, you know, people, there's a deep passion um, for this work. You have to, right? Education's not something that you jump into, you know, thinking that you're going to make a ton of money or, or anything like that. So there's this kind of deep resonating passion to influence that system. Um, and I've really always been motivated by that. I think also... I'll be honest, you know, I grew up on a ranch here in Colorado and just part of like hard work and perseverance and grit is part of my DNA. And I think that when you don't know something, it's actually um, a little bit of ignorance is bliss, right? You just jump in and figure it out as you go. And I've been really, really lucky over the years to have the most brilliant teams on the planet to work alongside and the best colleagues to build these visions and companies with. And um, incredibly grateful for that. But I think, you know, the challenge to make a difference in this world is, is something that we should all care about. And, you know, education and intersecting them with industry just happens to be mine. 
Um, and so any way that I can do that. But yeah, I mean, the learning curve is every day. I've been doing this for almost 25 years. And every day I learn something new, I get knocked down a little bit, have to dust myself off and, you know, figure things out. So it's it's definitely a learning journey all the time. That's great. But you're doing it and it's fantastic. I love it. And I'm just going to, so STEM school and you're in Colorado. So am I. So where um, my sons went to the school, the STEM school in Lucent. Were you a part of that at all? Nice. Yeah. No, not a part of that. But yes, I know exactly where that is. And yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Great school. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Fantastic. I love anything tech. So it's been really great having you here. Um, What advice would you give to the audience um, for for anything business, personal, you know, tech? Yeah, I mean, I think my advice is is usually always kind of the same, which is if you are an industry titan or if you're a community advocate or if you have this really amazing story to just take time to share that with somebody younger, right, with the generation below you and to inspire that next generation to, to by telling your story. And I think that power of mentorship cannot be stressed enough. And so I just always encourage people to share a little bit about who they are and their story, because you have no idea what a difference it will make, especially if someone can now see themselves in a possibility that wasn't there before. And I think that's really important. Do you have one last question just came up when you when you share your story with such a young um, age group, how do they resonate? Do you think they resonate with someone who's older, perhaps, or someone who's been through it? I think they do. I mean, I think it depends. You know, everybody makes connections in different ways. But having done this work you know, over and over, I can t- I can share, you know, a million stories of especially young girls in second or third grade that were inspired by any age of, you know, mentor and just seeing themselves like, I didn't realize I could do that. I didn't realize that that was a possibility. Oh my gosh, that's very similar to me. I, you know, I want to learn more about that. And I think we rely so much on just that immediate community and family structure to provide that support, but there's a much, you know, broader and wider um, audience out there to share your story. And I just, I think that's so important, but they're definitely inspired. I mean, it's changed students' trajectories just by spending time um, with a mentor. Love it. Well, that's the whole purpose of this podcast is get to get women such as yourself to share your story. And, and you know, I, I hope several or many women in the audience or men even listening to, to your story are inspired and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, keeps them motivated and sees you as a mentor as well. So thank you so much for being on the show, Kelly. It's been such a oh, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank- Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.